Yeah, for now, people needs information, right? So, and yeah. some people at home don't really know. Like, there's there's government supports, but they don't really know how to get it. So today, compared to last week, today we're gonna go into like on how really can you get in? Because some are applying for EI, some are applying for I don't know what else is in there. And I talked to my buddy Lendel Sariana last week, and he's like pissed off of people who's like saying i'm bored at home i'm bored at home and i was like oh man i feel you because you know when you're outside working and seeing those people at home like uh they're they're saying like i'm freaking bored and uh, you're the one who's working outside and yeah especially the ones pissed. that are working at the hospitals and dude oh, this man. is this is the good thing people at home get two grand a month i think Anyways, let's clarify that with Miss Malaya. Can you hear us now? Yeah, it's really nice and loud and clear now. You have a oh, very nice awesome. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Before it was like this. Anyways, thank you. Thank you for thank you for giving interest on talking with us, even if we just started last week. This is my second podcast, so yeah. I don't really know what I'm doing. We just want to talk about what's happening, and maybe we can share uh, some information to everyone who doesn't know everything yet, because, you know, I've talked to some people, and uh, I have friends with, uh, they have two part-time jobs, because I know if you're full-time, you can apply for EI right away. But if you have two full-time, uh, two part-time, one, yeah. one part-time was shut down and one part-time are considered essentials. He's asking me, like, what the hell am I going to do? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, people like that, we need to, like, inform, like, hey, these are the steps. And, okay. uh yeah um currently like for your is he your friend yes yeah oh first of all so you're you're m yes i am okay m. and you're it says <laughs> you're i'm frederick, frederick. frederick. Nice he's so oh, by the i way, am a go ahead i'm a registered nurse here in australia um and kuya m's co-host so just this i'm really interested in the way that canada really is just um tackling okay um, yeah how you guys are tackling the the pandemic yeah. at the moment especially with the you know essential workers and social distancing mm -hmm. and all that stuff and supports that's given to the public okay and i'm also interested in what's happening in australia i just finished reading about what's happening with the kiwis in new zealand and they seem yep. like they're considering ending their lockdown after april 22nd so that's really really yes because people followed the government people follow the government guidelines um here in australia we're still in what we call level three um they've actually just um rolled out new fines for people that have not that that aren't following the guidelines set by the government so i was just telling M earlier when we were talking prior to going live that uh they've just for individuals each individual that aren't that are going out um outside of what we call essential travel right. people are getting fined of up to 1600 australian dollars per person that's out okay um is also if you're gathering groups 
it's the fine is between nine thousand to thirteen thousand dollars plus um plus the plus the like plus maybe plus maybe six months in prison oh okay yeah but if people break i have here something who uh they they sent me uh, Cindy sent me or she posted on her page like we <laughs> just got a bill uh, I think March no April 9 update it says here uh, we can get fine for the individuals you can get fine up to 486 if you're not practicing social distancing and for the businesses, you, you can get fined uh, to 2542 So Winnipeg is still cheaper than Australia, but man, nine grand. By March, it was about 1600 to nine grand, like to 13000 depending on how severe you're, um, you're violating Your social distancing. Um, yeah, because like, there's no flights to and from Australia at the moment either. Like Just the only flights that are domestic. allowed in, uh, not even domestic. Really? Um, our states have actually closed borders at the moment, so mm-hmm. like you can't travel between Victoria to New South Wales. Wow, I think yeah. that's a lot. Uh, that's a lot. Uh, you know, like more secure than here in Canada because we just closed our borders, like for US yeah. and Canada. But we still allowing uh like the essentials like truck deliveries medical oh, like essentials and stuff you can travel yeah. like but but if you're traveling to interstate interstates in the U S there's nothing at all here in Canada because wow. I I was just in uh, Toronto last Thursday and uh, yeah. when you go in from Ontario border to uh, Manitoba border uh, there's a there's a scale for trucks and they close the road so everybody will go to the scale and they're gonna give you a handout you know what's funny they have those big sticks the the, uh the one they use to pick up garbages the one with the thing they use that give you a paper and here's a covid uh situation or information and they're gonna ask you if you're from manitoba or not okay yeah It's it's yeah, no, it's, it's actually good, but it's not as uh, like hard as the one you have there in Australia that they lock down everything. Yeah, uh, man, because what's happening? What happened is we get a lot of cruise ships. Mm-hmm. Like we get a lot of cruise ships docking in Australia, so most of the most of the most of the infection actually came from those cruise ships, especially the ones that have docked before we before we could even contain. Before we could even contain the virus, the one who's going around wherever, mm, yeah. Wow. So all most of our infections actually came from those cruise ships. Which yeah, because if no one's got infected in Australia, you have your own island, so no one can go in from different from other countries, right? It's it's crazy. It's crazy because we even it came to a point where they actually considered to using the island that we they, they sent refugees to um as a place to send um covid19 patients to mm-hmm. but but where what about the refugees that are there that's the thing like there were there it came up to a point where it, it was either 
a what what what's what's a higher risk you either you send them to that contained island because it's separate to australia or you send it you keep them in australia and have a risk but what they've done we've managed to contain it to a point that we didn't have to actually do that but it was um it was a it, people were actually debating that uh, the government was actually debating that at the time whether be sending it because it's either infect it's either infect the refugees or if infect you you know citizens yeah. it was crazy wow it was nuts it came it's, it would this was in the midst of the panic before people were actually thinking about like the consequences and the the consequences the consequences of their actions it was nuts wow so uh, uh for miss malaya to get uh, back to your friend your friend um your friend's question about his two part-time jobs when part-time got shut down because it wasn't mm -hmm. an essential work and then the other part-time job is considered essential so he's still continuing to work yeah so in your friend's case he would not qualify for the CERB so that's the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit that's CERB because you have to have like zero income now so it's like your whole job like whole job is shut down yeah and but however um because there's been a lot of uh folks in the same kind of situation as your friend it's really not fair um that he doesn't exactly Right. And there are other people who are working in essential services, like, for example, healthcare uh, support workers, like in long term care homes, and they're working full time and more. And they don't even make that two thousand dollars a month or it's, no. it's so. So that's not fair either. So there's there's lots of, um, you know, like the federal government did their best to come up with some kind of solution, but there's gaps in it. So they have. Um, said that they're going to work on those gaps to be able to even um, roll out the CERB to people that make less than a thousand dollars yeah because you know what so, yeah it's it's pretty unfair too for uh, people who's working right now who's making let's say take home of uh, eight eight hundred dollars let's get real some people take home eight hundred dollars in two weeks they have kids they have to do grocery they have to pay bills thank god because because right now if on if you're living in an apartment and you still get paycheck you you won't be qualified for uh uh whatever -E yeah yeah because -E no it's it's for, for sure um and uh it's not good and what ends up happening is people continue working even though they're feeling symptoms mm-hmm like they're coughing or whatever, like they're still working because they need the money. Exactly. Right? So, so that's not good while you're in a pandemic, right? For, for a lot of these workers and their families mm -hmm. and also spreading the possible, uh, you know, the possible risk of spreading it. So really there needs to be more done. So that CERB for the people like your friend that have lost their part-time job. And there also is something that we're pushing for um which is 14 days of paid sick leave for workers mm -hmm. so even though so let's say they have they can't go to work because they're feeling some kind of cough or whatever right yeah even sore throat right they uh they yeah. advise you to stay home yeah but then you're not going to stay home if you're not getting if that you're not going to get paid exactly 
So, so we need to have something like that in place for people so that they can feel like, okay, I can, I can afford to stay home now because there are going to be people that are literally not able to eat. Yeah, for sure. Because this, 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 this friend of mine, he has two kids, and uh, th- uh, his wife, I think, only have a part time too. But yeah. they are both like kind of essential. But the thing is, the one that shut down is is his uh, main source of income. So that part time makes more money than the one who's still open right now, and. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go there anymore. I'm I'm gonna make myself an example because it's unfair, really. Because uh, I'm I'm a truck driver. I go to U.S. Okay. every week, everywhere, everywhere in the U.S. Mostly Eastern U.S. So we go. Uh, where did we go? We went to Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, uh, Indiana love, last week, I and love then. Wisconsin. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then, and then we went to uh, Toronto, which has uh, a lot of cases of uh, this COVID nineteen. Yeah, and I'm I'm text. I I think I posted on Facebook one time, like, "Hey, I'm an essential worker. I know I have to do my job, but I'm scared, you know." But then, yeah. uh, what is the uh, the government? you know, make something for non-essential workers who stay home and still get paid. But how about the people who's on the road working uh, without proper training for this uh, pandemic? Like, if what if we got sick and then we went home to our families? Because we're, we're, you know, we're not, we're not included in a 14-day uh, quarantine when we get home even if we go to US to Ontario whatever we still go home to our family we go to work on Monday and we're still making the same money that we're making even if we're if there is a bigger risk for us to uh, get the sickness right well for people that are working in essential work for example healthcare workers or postal workers and people like you what we've suggested because what we've heard from a lot of constituents those are people that live in in the area that i serve so they Mm -hmm. phone me sometimes and they're asking yeah you know they're telling me about their situation what can we do so like for example there's this nurse that called me last week and um she couldn't go to work because uh she works in a long-term care home like a personal care home for seniors because Mm -hmm. she had a cough she had a cough she's she also has allergies right so it's mm-hmm. most likely allergies, but because it was just, you know, because she had a cough, she couldn't go to work. Yeah. So Yeah, exactly. But she has no more sick time. So that's without pay. Of course. That, that 14 days. So, but that's not fair for her, right? It's or not. her family that needs that, that money. So we really need that paid sick leave that the government can introduce that people like yourself can have. And also we need space for quarantine, not on a separate island like what you guys are contemplating. <laughs> but you know, like even like even like a hotel or something like that where yeah. people can have, yeah. have rooms. The hotels are empty anyway because there's nobody traveling. Right no, now. yeah. It's empty because I always they- go to what? Uh Canada's Polo Park and nothing yeah. is parked there. Yeah, so it makes sense for people that are that need to maybe be quarantined, like for example that nurse, or for yourself yeah. if you've left, if mm-hmm. you've um, you know come back from a place that has lots of cases, 
you feel like the need to quarantine and away from your family like there's a lot of people mm -hmm. that they don't have like a big suburban house with like four bedrooms in mm -hmm. a basement mm -hmm. or whatever. you know a lot of people are living in yep. a cramped porch and they have you know a lot of people in the house so it makes sense that we can open up those those spaces that are not being used anyway that have their their they have a bathroom there that they'll be using by themselves and it's better to do it that way instead of using like a big open gym or something like that yeah you, it's so, not safe. Uh, so, Miss Malaya, at the moment here in Victoria, we've they the the premier of Victoria has just announced that um for essential workers and healthcare and health, especially healthcare workers that have to quarantine because of the corona, they the pre, the Victorian government has actually give is actually giving them free lodging at a hotel at a des designated coronavirus hotel all paid for um wow. while they self-quarantined for two weeks so this was just announced sometime last week yeah um, that, that's super important that's one thing yeah. that we need to put in place so i would like to get that information from you so i could show it to our yeah. province and, and uh, i'll like, send the link to m i'll give the, i'll give it yeah, to this you is, this is what's happening yeah. in other jurisdictions another thing that we need to do in, in addition to having that safe space to stay for workers another thing is that um uh, that 14 sick sick, that days. sick days so sick days. here for the yeah so here for some employees um they actually if they don't have the sick leave available the like just for example at our hospital um they're actually using the annual leave as a substitute for um sick leave if they have to self-quarantine okay so instead of sick leave say if they don't have enough sick leave um yeah. to use to self-quarantine for two weeks they actually you know people don't always go on like you know people don't always go on holidays and people don't always go on vacations so they accrue all that annual leave up so what happens is they use that annual leave as substitute for the sick leave if the mm -hmm. sick leave isn't available at the moment like if they've used yeah. up their sick leave yeah I'm, the difference I'm is about, i'm talking about some in addition to that like oh uh, yeah not fair that you're having to use your sick leave for this it's not yeah. fair that you're having to lose your vacation exactly Something totally separate for just this pandemic. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, because here in Canada, our our uh, vacation is uh, you, you, some some uh, some jobs or works, especially government. You have to use your vacation this year for next year. Oh, no way. And when if you don't use it, it's gonna be like canceled. You you can't wow, even yeah, have it here in it cash. Stacks up. That's what happens. In my job, it stacks up. Stacks up. Yeah. In my job, it stacks up. So even if I don't go to vacation for, let's say, 40 years, I'm still going to have, like, what, three months of vacation paid. Yeah. Also, well, just going back to the mm -hmm. um, the payments that Ms. Malaya was talking about earlier on for people that stayed home, our treasury had um, announced this about a month ago, last month, um, increase in the government, you know, the what we call the doll, what, not really it's like the informal way we call the doll so this is like um government help for people under the threshold so especially for businesses at the moment that are severely affected by coronavirus they employ the government are giving businesses money to 
paid their fortnightly payments for their um for their workers Rentals so that they can stay workers. at home until it rolls out. So we, they call that the job keeper payment for employees. Mm-hmm. So those that are so those that aren't like having been let out let um you know laid off, they they get paid about a thousand five hundred dollars every fortnight. Um, yeah. and then the employer it's not the employer will apply that for the employee so it's not the employee applying for that benefit the employee mm-hmm. the employer will apply that for them oh, that's um, good. and then yeah so on top of that there's also income support for individuals especially those that like job seeking those that are you know carers for their family members yeah. those that aren't working so they get an extra like 550 dollars per fortnight uh miss malaya yeah uh mj manlapas is uh, asking uh how about those newcomer and work here for one and a half is that month or year i heard pwede sila mag-apply ng cerb along along this uh have to go back home uh one and a half months that they were working yeah the newcomer in canada Unfortunately, people who only been working for a short time don't qualify. I think they have to have made at least $5,000 or something like that in the past year. Mm-hmm. So m- most people that only been working for one and a half months wouldn't necessarily qualify. But if he wants to give me a call later and give me his like specific details of his case, then I can, uh, you know, check it out for him. Okay, uh, MJ Malapas, uh, you can message me on my yeah. page, and then I will yeah. divert it to uh, Miss Malaya. What what we're having, what we're seeing right now with, let's say, our temporary foreign workers, mm-hmm. so like the workers that have just recently really recently come, if they are here on a temporary foreign worker permit, um, and they have less than a year on it, they don't get covered for health insurance, health access. Yeah mental health and also let's say you're a temporary foreign worker and your permit was tied to specific kind of work like working at mcdonald's or tim hortons or boston pizza or something or a hotel and now they've had to lay you off and how how are they gonna how what if they got sick exactly then it's coterminous so their health access will also uh, be not qualified so right now we're really really pushing for the manitoba government to follow the lead of bc to follow the lead of quebec to follow the lead of ontario who have at this time said that anybody any community member can have access to testing and also to health care at this time for the next six mm-hmm. months i That's totally what the agree other because what's going to happen is you have some kind of symptoms, you're not going to get it checked out. We're in the middle of a pandemic. That's not good enough. Exactly. Uh, I totally agree on that. But, uh, you know, as we are talking about earlier, we have, we have to give credits for those who are working right now, who's getting like the same amount of money they're getting. And and sorry, um, there's a a couple of things there, like the federal NDP government or sorry, federal NDP party, they've, They've um, suggested to Parliament that we institute a 20% increase in courage pay. So hazard pay. 20%. You know, yeah. So this is a 20% increase. So normally if you get paid hazard pay, like this, this happens if you have very, very dangerous work, it's usually 50% more. But, mm-hmm. uh, but in this case, we, 
the federal NDP has suggested 20% for courage pay for all essential workers. So that that's not bad at all. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Yeah. So that's something hopefully. And and in addition to that, if you do unfortunately get, you know, COVID that you Mm. can apply for workers compensation and, and, and receive and receive money for that. So that's something that we are also pushing right now. It's called presumptive workers compensation, presumptive mm-hmm. coverage. So that like, especially for a healthcare worker, like you won't, you don't have to prove like, Oh yeah, I got it from work. You know, like, you, like yeah. where else, right? I mean, where else it's are you either you go get, to work. If you're, if, especially if you're a healthcare worker. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. You just go to work you. and you go home. Yeah. Right. So this is, this is a time that it's an extremely stressful time right now. We really need to band together as, um you know in society and it's mm-hmm. time that we really support um our workers especially that are working right now especially in healthcare and other kinds of places like that and and i it's really shining a light on what is essential and how some how some of them get really really paid so little like i'm talking about even like the the migrant workers that come in and help with the farms or um, all the temporary farm workers that come in and help with all the important work that they're doing, people that work in groceries, people that work in long-term care homes, especially how little these people get paid, but how essential they are to to what we need. Yeah, I have a I have a question about that because uh, so down I, the road, I would really like to see an increase in minimum wage to be a living wage because these workers get well, paid. thank you for that. Okay, so that, well, you have to vote him. <laughs> I will send me the link. I will. I'll do it right now. <laughs> well, I have a question about that. Uh, last week, I think it's last week they uh, they uh, they announced like only critical businesses should be open right now. Correct. Right. I think uh, that here, was just here in Winnipeg or Manitoba. Manitoba, March twentieth, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but how critical is you know? The one who's working on uh, like the warehouses, the manufacturing, because I know I know my dad works in a cabinet making kitchen craft and okay. they, they are still working. I was like, how is that essential? You can't eat your 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 freaking uh, wardrobe. How is that essential? Well, I know that there isn't really like a hard and fast list up there anywhere right so Mm -hmm. what's what's been happening is that um employers have been writing individually to the minister of finance to the department of finance to define what is essential so for example like um one of our colleagues from saint james the mla for saint james he said that one of the sex shops had called him to find out if if they were considered <laughs> essential that Adam and Eve, I don't know what it's called, something like that, Adam and Eve, and oh, you know, fuzzy, but fuzzy handcuffs are Crazy. essential right now. I don't know about you, Adam, they're not that essential. <laughs> well, we can, well, we can have shoppers open because they have the contraceptives, this, right? There's going to be a bunch of COVID babies. Oh, like. wow by the end of this lockdown. okay what's that, the month right sure. now is it april may yeah. june july august september october november december january whoever's gonna be born in january, january you're a covid you know baby what happens yeah <laughs> covid babies ew okay anyway no but but it, it's not a hard and fast rules for cabinet making i'm not sure but like it, and it kind of still 
like maybe they called the finance department i don't know maybe they don't just make cabinets do they because i know for hospitals anything that has to do with like you know sh making hospitals and making other kinds of infrastructure for stuff like that still yeah. open yeah so well we need we need the hydro we need construction yeah. for sure to maintain the uh, the highways and stuff. We need those gas or whatever plumbers work workers uh, yeah. uh, maintain the buildings. Like our apartment right now, it's been too hot for three weeks. It's been twenty eight mm -hmm. degrees here inside. So I'm putting an AC on the fifth floor. <laughs> I have my AC turned on on the fifth floor because uh, they have a lot of calls for apartment, and I think they're still fixing our AC okay yeah no there's no hard and fast rule for what is essential i mean stuff like some stuff is easy to say that's not essential or yes that's essential but there's a lot of businesses out there that so when that happens um and they're kind of like that in between they have to contact the finance ministry the department of finance and they will rule on a case-by-case -case, um situation if necessary mm -hmm. Because yeah. I know a lot of people who works on uh, a job like that, uh, a lot of them are old people. Because yeah. that's the only thing they can do. But the the most vulnerable uh, people right now are the old ones. Yeah. Well, and if they quit on their own, they would not qualify for... Exactly. Or C, or C or B. So they should... Do they have a union? I don't think so. Kitchen craft, yeah, because that's something that they need to like bring forth to to their management. Then that you know, this is not a good idea for me. You know, I'm over this age, and especially if they have any kind of underlying health concerns, right? So yeah, like they should be able to take that time off now. Yeah, uh, because I'm pretty sure they are scared too. Like, hey, of course, who needs, yeah. Who needs a freaking and, cabinet in the middle of pandemic? Yeah. And are they uh, able to practice social distancing there? Uh, it's a warehouse for for sure. They have social distancing there. I interviewed okay. <laughs> Henry last week, and they said they have a twenty-seven thousand square foot of facility, and there's only eight of them. So that's okay. a lot of social, of social distancing. distancing. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, a lot of this manufacturing now they they have done staggered shifts, and they've done reduced shifts. You know, so that people are not seeing each other, or there's less people around and stuff like that. So hopefully, we uh -huh. um, can uh, adhere to that. And if they're not, then they will get fined. Oh yeah, talking about that, how about those uh, businesses or workers uh, who got, uh, you know, like they said, they only get half of what they're getting. Uh, are uh, they are they included oh, on that? What do you uh, mean, the small businesses? It doesn't matter if they if you have a business or you're working for someone and they cut the hours half because yeah, they're again, trying those, to do social distancing. Yeah. yeah, well, for the for the ones that are with the business, let's say the business owners, we there's like they could qualify for a loan for about forty thousand dollars, and I think up to ten thousand dollars is forgivable. With no interest, right? <laughs> yeah, but that's still money. You but know? still, like it 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 is still a loan. Yeah, they're still gonna have to pay that back, so that's not exactly helpful. It's not uh, gonna so help them. Yeah, it's yeah, not after that. Help. They're still like, they still yeah, they need, yeah, they it. need a little it's bit nuts. more than they need a little bit more than that, and and also, but for the workers again, if they are just getting half of what they used to make or just a portion, again, at, at the current time against this current 
CERB rules, like the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit, it's they still don't qualify for that. And again, it's a glaring gap in what needs There's to There's a happen. lot of holes. Yes. As so, of now. The, so the the government, the Justin Trudeau Liberals, they have um, they have promised to address that concern in the coming weeks. So this past week, they uh, were working on a 75% wage subsidy for for employers. So mm -hmm. that's kind of similar to what Frederick the, was saying yeah, about the JobKeeper uh, payment. The job yeah. keep I like that JobKeeper payment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because instead of instead of uh, government giving people those workers money, they're gonna give the money to the business, and the business will mm -hmm. take care of that money and give it to their people. Yeah, it's hopefully yeah. like some of these businesses are going to be able to hire back the staff that they've laid, laid off. I hope so. Um, and, and WestJet and, and Air Canada, so those are like airlines for us here in Canada, they, they mm -hmm. have said that they won't hire back their employees using that wow. wage subsidy. But wow. for some other like smaller businesses, I don't like they've already laid off their staff. I don't know if they're able to do that because it's still yeah. going to be like an old. A hardship to them like i'm just thinking about even for nonprofits and and the charity voluntary sector like those guys don't really have a lot of money because they're nonprofit, right mm -hmm. so it's the 75 percent wage subsidy is hard for them too and each uh each entity has to apply for that so each uh business or nonprofit yeah. organization will have to apply and and get approved for it and it's still like six weeks down the road <sighs> so a lot of employers <clears throat> don't have that like six weeks even like i know in the tourism industry like <laughs> or even in the foods like for, for small businesses like restaurants like can they continue there's a lot of things that can happen in six weeks yeah. you know you know what's happening right now just to the economy is um really like the last time it was this bad was during the great depression yeah, yeah. so that was that was a really long time ago and after the Great Depression, M and Frederick, a lot of new political and economic kind of programs came in because of that time. And I'm thinking that because of what's happening here, everything is going to be really like reset and changed. Yeah. It's, it's one of those it's one of those like watershed moments in civilization yeah. history, like especially in the last, you know, two centuries. And it's it's gonna be big. Like the the impact on everybody, like from you know, the economy to politics, to the arts, to philosophy, to like everybody that is, it's going to be really impacted, yeah. we're getting really impacted and, and we're going to be looking at things differently and yeah. hopefully responding in a better way um, to meet these kinds of uh, issues in the future because there'll be more of these in the future, right? Yeah, we're not even talking about uh, what's happening on the oil industry right now. Because right now people are saying, oh, we got low gas. That's good. But I was like, no, it's not good. Market well, is plummeting, right? Well, Alberta, well, is gonna, Alberta is yeah. going to go down again. Well, I heard that uh, the OPEC countries recently made some deals about, you know, their supplies so that they can try to keep the prices up or something like that. Yeah. But for sure, like the, the Alberta economy is getting really, really affected by every price drop in oil it's it's um it's going to be very hard for them to recover and again you know justin trudeau has said that they need to uh they're going to need to address what's happening in alberta but i'm yeah, i don't we know have, we need our own refinery 
Yeah, and also <laughs> it's it's also time to uh, to change. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, to change like uh, like especially for Manitoba, right? We have um, we have uh, hydroelectricity, mm-hmm. and we can be working on like a towards like a national grid for hydroelectricity for electricity. That'll be that'll be a really good thing for our province. Yeah. That, did, we yeah. Lose, did we lose Frederick? Frederick, I don't are you there? Anymore. I think he's. Yeah, I don't think he's in here. Still. <laughs> Let me You're just so shoot far. it. You're so far, and I can't. I, I can't even see you. Oh, because I'm <laughs> using my other laptop for the uh, the chat, and I have a different setup here for the okay. stream. But like next. I wouldn't even know, I wouldn't even know what you look like. We're even social distancing now, even with this. Like you're so far. <laughs> this is online social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just text uh, Frederick if he's coming back. Yeah, it's so interesting to have like the perspective of what's happening in another uh, country. Yeah, because it's it's pretty weird. Yeah. Like some some countries, uh, let's say China, if they're telling is true, uh, mm-hmm. they have a very good. They have a very good system that they're following right now, if it's true. But mm-hmm. here in Canada or even U.S., oh, man, U.S., I don't see anything. Like, I don't see anybody who's working to prevent something because I go to one place. I'm going to deliver some stuff and everybody's everybody's everywhere. Like, is there even a pandemic here? And people are oh, like, well, the... Uh, the 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 workers are keep telling me like well they said uh, essential business can be open and even if we're not essentials companies here in U.S. Uh, can do can say like hey our business is essential and we need workers and there's nothing they can do. Well, you know, um, the United States they have a different political culture. They have a different culture than we do. So mm-hmm. for them, like individual freedoms, individual choice is so important for them. And it overrides like the collective good sometimes. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, and of course, their leader, mm-hmm. like the president that they have is not really, well, he was in denial for a long time. And then <laughs> after a while, he decided to do something, but it was kind of late, like, they only started doing their bulk uh, PPE, personal protective equipment orders on March 26th. And then it doesn't even come, the bulk uh, doesn't even come until the end of April, which is like super, super late. And so now you have healthcare workers in New York that are using garbage bags. Oh man. Yeah, that they make themselves using garbage bags. So, so there's not a lot of coordination there where in the past, like, it should be organized on a national level. So instead, what the the governors of the different states have done is they've organized themselves into a national coalition of governors mm-hmm. to try to to try to purchase bulk uh, products for their um, for their healthcare workers. But again, it's like kind of a late response. Yeah, However, you know what. Like, I think in California they were doing okay though. The governor there mm-hmm. shut everything down really early, like in February. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they they have very few cases and deaths in California. So the government 
the governor there uh, in that that state they acted really swiftly so hopefully um whereas whereas in new york it was very very yeah it's very uh, sad my best friend is in yeah. new york right now and okay. she's saying like it's scary even just to go outside your apartment door yeah and does he have like a elevator i have no idea uh, she yeah, just went there for vacation, I think, and they lock it down, so they're stuck there. They're originally from California. Oh. Yeah, so they're stuck there until they open the gates. Okay. I didn't know that um, there was, like, no travel anymore. Well, she got a kid, a small kid, so she won't risk yeah. it for sure. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, no, that is, how about... How about uh, how about our uh, child care? Uh, what's yeah. happening on our child care? Because I know there's a lot of daycares out there, and uh, moms or parents that has uh, essential jobs needs to go yeah. to work, and I'm not sure if the daycares are open, and or how are they, like, who who's taking care of their kid? Yeah, well, right now there are uh, child care centers open. So in general, you know, all the schools have been closed mm -hmm. and all the daycares were initially closed as well for like two weeks. And then after that, the provincial government requested that some daycares stay open. There is a list of um, that if you're like an essential worker and you need child care, you can get on a list. And yeah. then after that, that will be matched to certain child care centers that are currently open and you can have the space. And as far as I know, there's still lots of spaces for, for children because our daycare centers, um, you know, they volunteer to be open. Some mm -hmm. child care centers only have two kids in them. So like and the maximum that is being allowed is 16, although child care workers are saying they should have a maximum of like whatever, like, you know, the amount of kids plus the amount of um, child care workers should include up to 10, just like regular social distancing rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully that's something that we can help push to make happen. Um, but at the same time, the issue is that a lot of these child care centers are nonprofit. And it's private. No, it's nonprofit. So that's not private. They're mostly, most child care centers are nonprofit and they're voluntary sector. Mm -hmm. But the problem is is that they are losing money when they remain open and they don't have that many kids so a lot of child care centers are in a very very financially precarious situation right now a lot of them are going to go bankrupt because yeah, for sure. even, even even the ones that are closed because they're not getting any parent fees to go on it so as a society it would be good if we could you know, help support this childcare sector at this time to make sure that when the economy uh, is ready to get going again, once this coronavirus threat has passed, we will have, you know, a strong childcare sector that can, you know, take in kids so that, you know, moms can work and mm -hmm. moms and dads can be part of the economy. Exactly. They, they can't do that if, if they're, if all the childcare centers have, have gone bankrupt and can't afford to reopen. So it's actually a, a big problem right now. It is. So, oh, by the way, uh, Frederick is back. Yeah, oh. sorry. It got cut off. So just on that childcare stuff, what we've just on, on the Australian side of it, we 
what they've actually done for essential workers is made that childcare free. So what's happening is the government is the ones paying the fees. Okay. For for the um child for for people to put their kids into childcare. Yeah. Um, this allows people to go to work, and it also allows for childcare to be open still. Yeah. So I guess maybe that might be an idea to. No, that is definitely like something that we've been pushing. It's just mm. that currently we have this uh, conservative government here in in Manitoba, mm. and they don't want to um really spend any money. So they actually wow. just they actually just finished um, doing budget cuts on the healthcare sector before this oh, coronavirus wow. happened. They, In the they, midst of Corona, no, 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 mm-hmm. before the oh. for the last yeah. uh, almost five to six years, they they cut eight hundred million dollars from the healthcare sector. They closed hospital emergency rooms and all that kind of stuff. At the beginning of this coronavirus, we had only 23 ventilators, ICU spots. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so That's they had crazy. to really they had to really get their SHIT together really fast. And they yeah. had to start doing all this bulk buying and whatever. And now they're going to be opening new hospitals, like temporary hospitals, because of the ones yeah. that they closed. No, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. you know what? It, it just really goes to show what you need to spend on as a society. You always have to make sure that your healthcare sector is doing fine. You can't cut it off at the knees like that. It's it's terrible. No, like, no. like we it's too were already much. having we already having such a hard time in, in our hospitals even before this happened. And now this yep. is happening. Our healthcare workers are like they're already crying before. And when I say healthcare workers, I'm including home care workers, personal yep. care home people, as well as nurses and doctors. Even and even those uh even who works behind the table just writing, you know, like doctors notes and the stuff, they still consider yep. as health workers. I know that cuz yep. my mom and my fiance works at St. Boniface Hospital. Okay, see, we know where all the people in in M's life where they all work kitchen crafts at Saint. <laughs> yeah, well, we have to if we're doing yeah. this, we have to do it like truthfully, right? No, yeah. no, you know what? It's 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 really so important that we support our healthcare sector. Like, like before this, our, we had constituents. I had a constituent that was working as a nurse. And she worked at health sciences and she was telling me like even before the coronavirus, they didn't even have any supplies, like new beddings and stuff like that, because their laundry services were cut and just and then the janitorial staff were laid off and stuff like that because of the eight hundred million dollar cuts, right? In healthcare wow. alone. Like so you're cutting stuff like that. It seems like that's, okay, you're treating a little a bit lot. fat. This is to about having like sanitary kind of conditions in our healthcare system. If you don't have that, like what, like there's, it's going to be a cesspool for breeding disease and stuff like yeah. that. How, how can you yeah, do true. that? You know so what? Anyways, that's so, a, that's a so, big karma that happened. Cause when they did that coronavirus hits, I think that's uh, like a wake up call for everybody yeah. here. Who's it doing is. like, yeah. Uh, and so, and so when you're voting, you have to vote for people who are going to be there to take care of your healthcare system. 100%. And, and if, this is your choice as a as a person. And actually, that's one of the reasons why I decided to get into politics because of the situation that my family was in when I had to bring when we had when my husband and I had to bring in our then one year old to mm-hmm. the emergency at the children's hospital, and he had um, fractured his right tibia 
where it meets the foot because yeah. he slipped yeah. slipped on on the bathroom tile and we were told that it was going to take two days before he would be seen at the children's ER. <laughs> oh, and he, was, he, was in so, he was in so much pain and i said to him like that's an emergency. Why needs to be? No, it has to be like, like two you days. can develop clots no, and stuff no, in that those two was, days because it was so full. It was so there was nowhere to stand, let alone stand. And, and so and so then uh, I said, so are you telling me that we have to leave? Like I said that to the 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 nurse there, and and she said, no, I'm not allowed to say that to you. But then none of the other hospitals, like they all have the same kind of crazy waiting list. And then um, so oh, what we did was we left because he was screaming and then at seven o'clock in the morning we took him to the panam clinic because yeah and we were like the fifth person there that time so and then you know you know, all's well that ends well he got a cast he's fine but like <laughs> wow but but that was like i was so incredibly angry oh yeah for sure if i was the parent it, i would be angry so i was so angry it was, I was so angry that, um, you know, that night I couldn't sleep. Like, I was with him the whole night trying to keep his legs stable, right? And so that he wouldn't move. I'm not, like, you know, medically trained. I didn't yeah. know how to, like, keep it still and, and, and safe, yeah. and right? And um, every little movement he made, and even on the car ride home, he's in his he's car seat, every cry. little bump, you know, he wow. was just in so much pain. They only gave us like um, like Advil or Tylenol for kids and stuff like that for him to. <laughs> so so it was. Frederick, like, what are you gonna say about that? You're a nurse. I... And this is the situation before coronavirus. Okay, so, right, so, so this makes system you... was under so much stress already. Wow. Now this makes you wonder though, like Canada, the like, Canada is a first world country. Can you imagine what like? the country like philippines is go like the healthcare sector in the philippines is going through at the moment and amidst this coronavirus people if, are just gonna die if they first world countries are struggling yeah. like this can you imagine the third world countries oh my god wow. well everything about everything about what's happening in the philippines right now or or even in other places like in yeah. ecuador or yeah. other places like that people are just dying in the streets they're not even this, getting any yeah. access hospitals like this and and even the social distancing like this requirement for them is so extremely difficult because there is no way to even feed people yeah i have a friend from uh, red cross uh, philippines he's he's a trainer like emergency training and stuff yeah. high up there i'm not gonna name him because uh, <laughs> you know what's happening here in the philippines but he told me like nurses in the philippines are very skillful like more skillful than what we have here in canada or u.s that's what he told me but the only thing that's like not gonna happen is or they don't have are the equipments yes no, uh, equipments the nurses are nuts no um so i went i got hospitalized in the philippines right i ended up getting sepsis um so i went to a quite a well-known Kinda went, yeah. I ended up getting like a, a, a insect bite that turned into like sepsis, it just got yeah. nasty, mm, yeah. and I ended up getting sepsis. <laughs> you got, you I got... had to wait. I had to wait seven hours at the emergency department uh, because there was only one nurse for thirty patients. That, that was is that a the, public hospital? It was a private hospital, which was which made it what? worse. 
Dude. And then the nurse, so and after seven hours, I ended up going up to, you know, one of the rooms. So I ended up getting a, I went up to the room and, um, your bill is a hundred thousand right away. Oh yeah. That, no, I stayed there for about a week. I, I think I had to pay about half a million pesos. Fuck. Um, the, but the, what, what scared me was there was one nurse per shift for a, for a, for the whole floor that's one to 50 one to 50 patient per ward for a nurse for, to, mm-hmm. to, and then do you know what the equipments are dude so you know how we have tourniquet so what we have what we call a tourniquet so mm-hmm. what you tourniquet, pull, yeah. it, and you have to clip it and it's easy you know yeah. what they still use in the philippines rubber man? bands rubber bands you know those, <laughs> those tape you know those um, hardware store rubber bands? That yeah, you had, the, the, that like, you, I think it's like a cream or brown. Yeah, cream, brown color. And they tie that around here. And they have to make do with what they have. <laughs> yeah, I told you, they are skillful. It is insane. But they don't have the equipment. And there's also reports that like there's they've actually been asked to like, I've got friends that are still nursing in the Philippines. I'm not going to name what hospital they work at. No, no, no. But they... um. They've been. They've had to wear like plastic bags instead of um gowns, hospital really? gowns, because there's just nothing. Yeah, those makeshift garbage bags you put a hole in the middle and on the sides. Yeah, because there's nothing. They God just don't damn. have nothing. Well, that's what's happening in New York. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's just like no funding, no equipment, mm-hmm. lack of staff. Like how. Also, like I read this just a couple weeks, uh, just a couple of days ago, actually, and um, this was a, a hospital in the Philippines. It was um, reported by a very well-known reporter in the Philippines, so the sources are legit. Mm-hmm. Um, so they actually not, um, they're not letting people know how many deaths is actually happening in the Philippines. Is, um, in the hospitals, apparently, like, bodies oh, are just piling up on the corridor. And they're not, like, Ooh. they're not stating how many people like are actually Like a morgue corridor. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's Because they don't want people, because like, they don't want people to panic. That's why they're not reporting yeah. numbers. Or- that, and um, there's just, people are just dying because there's no rooms at the hospital. There's just, they, they're unable to treat them. Mm-hmm. Wow. They just... Apparently, bodies. Are I'm. Just I'm assuming up. those are the big hospital, the big pr- public hospitals. Because mm. uh, yeah. yeah, if you're in yeah, the but city, then again, like if you're living in the Philippines, how you and you don't have you you know you're not well off. How are you affording to go to private hospitals anyway? Your your only choice <laughs> is to go to the public. Exactly, man. It's it's, it's crazy. People, the people that I remember meeting, like they live in in homes like shanties that don't have running water mm-hmm. and then they just have like the corrugated tin roof and uh it's so hot in there so right now yeah it's, yeah yeah it's I like summertime right now and then yeah. for them to be in those homes right now yeah. it's with a so galvanized hard. i couldn't uh, imagine roof. my family and i used to live in one of those homes like i could imagine living in there now amid coronavirus in the middle of summer yeah oh man no it's like a microwave water. inside when, there yeah when hygiene is the like the what the number one thing to keep 
like <laughs> while in this pandemic. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, because well, you'll I, be sweating all all day. You well, know, so I, that way, well, that's why that and have yeah. left the Philippines because, like, I mean, the Philippines is a paradise if you have rich, if you have oh, the yes. beans, right? Mm-hmm. But you have if money, it's like, it's like our like our family. Our family is here because we're economic migrants. We're, we came here to Canada because so that we could have like a better life. Yeah. My own mother, you know, the her own brothers and sisters were in orphanages wow. because of how, how poor they are. So like this is this is why we're here and you know minus fifty right. <laughs> <laughs> I was just telling Frederick like yeah. come because I was like I want to move to Canada here. and he's like. Because uh, I love the cold. I was like, I, I want to be kind of because I love the cold. Because here you go to 50 <laughs> degrees. This is the other end of the spectrum. In summer in Australia, it's like 40, 40, 45 degrees. 50 oh, degrees if you're living up north. Same. Like here. 50 degrees Celsius. Like crazy, crazy desert hot. Well, that's that's a lot hotter. <clears throat> yeah, that's a lot hotter. But sometimes we get the heat wave like that. But I, I'm telling him like uh, on the winter. The is, I think the most we get is like plus 36 Oh, we had uh, like uh, that, that, that's this like, is that's like, like six spring, years back. Yeah. <laughs> I think six years back we got like uh, minus uh, plus fifty heat wave. I can't remember what year is it, but yeah, we had that one time and no, no, we were. I think we were on a park that day, and man, even mosquitoes don't want to fly because it, it's super hot. Oh uh, yeah, no. <laughs> So, yeah, I can imagine what it's like living back home, especially those, like you said, those people that are living with the corrugated roofs, like yeah. their houses are literally like one and a half meters away. It's barely social distancing. No, no nah. there's, it's not. It's it's going to be crazy. There. Your neighbors, especially your neighbors squatters is area. like an arm away. Like your front neighbor is like an arm away from you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he. Well, here in, in Manitoba, we're trying to like prepare for things for vulnerable folks as well. Mm. So I know that like um, there's like uh, homeless shelters have been expanded so that there can try to be more social distancing. And we're hoping that people can be moved into hotels like if they need to be quarantined and things mm-hmm. like that. We're having issues with our food banks right now. Like um, right now, our food banks, because the constituency that I serve is called Notre Dame. And it's one of the poorest constituencies in all of Canada. One in every uh, two children uh, live in poverty. So one of the first things that I did um, when this coronavirus started happening was I tried to assess the situation of food security and within the constituency and the vulnerable folks that live there. So I found out from Winnipeg Harvest, which is like our biggest food bank here, Mm -hmm. um, that they only have 20% of what they normally get in terms of food supply. And that um, it's really, really hard to order in bulk right now because there just isn't anything to order. And so they're having to buy things like just retail price, not like bulk orders. So they really, really need some support like from people who can afford it to to donate to them and also to get money from the federal government and the provincial government if possible so they can continue to do the work they're doing. So what happens now is instead of providing food food support to families and seniors and and children um once every two weeks now they can only do that once every month wow because i know winnipeg harvest uh they get they get uh like donations from big stores but right now they don't really get that because people are buying everything 
That's right. So right now, restaurants and like grocery stores are not uh, able to donate to them. So that's why right now they're relying on donations of money so that they can purchase whatever food they can. So for example, once a month now, that that like a like a prepackaged yeah, thing of yeah. food per person, it only includes one liter of milk per child every month. That's that's for the month now. So, wow. so I also I also reached out to like the different schools in the uh -huh. constituency because the schools and I actually reached out to the school division, the Winnipeg school division. I talked to the chief superintendent and I said, because I know that um, a lot of children get fed at schools, like they get at least one meal um, per day at the school before when school was open, and then for the really really poor kids in the really poor schools, they would even get food on a Friday afternoon so that they'd have something to eat on the weekend. Wow. So right now that's not happening. That's not been happening since the schools have been closed. Yeah. So I talked to the schools and I, uh, the school division and they said that they have a plan so that they can try to provide some food at the school that like they'll phone the families and then they can pick it up like on a weekly basis. So that was originally their plan. And I need to follow up with them this week to see if that started happening yet because i had sp spoken to them about two weeks ago mm -hmm. regarding that mm -hmm. so that was like the first thing that i did was to find out like what is our food situation for these for these children and for these seniors because i we have a lot of low-income seniors some of them only live on six dollars a day because of the eia yeah even even really let's really just low. say let's just say mm -hmm. like 300 bucks a month well it's really low or 500 so, so so we're hoping we're hoping that the government can we've asked the government to increase the EIA rates at this time because again the food banks are not uh, able to support them at this point and also like it's harder for them to go shopping like they can't afford to go bulk shopping and things like that so like the in on sorry in British Columbia another province uh, they've increased their EIA rates at this time like during mm -hmm. this coronavirus time up three hundred dollars per person. Wow. So that would be really good if we could do something like that for these. Yeah, uh, for sure. Because there, there's a lot of people will get help or will be needing help. And that $300 right there is a big money. It's a big help. Yeah, so dude, that's a lot, especially for people living on $6 a day. That, that's yeah. like dude. a huge boost. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, is even though Canada is like a, you know, one of the so-called developed nations or whatever yeah. we we are bordered with the united states obviously and <laughs> they have they have like the lowest taxation rate of any oecd country of any yeah. like you know these developed countries and so our taxation rate kind of has to be like almost low just to kind of be with them in a way mm -hmm. yeah yeah because because we're so close to them it's like it's yeah. like live living we're like a mouse living next to an elephant like an economic yeah. so our exactly. so our taxation levels are actually very low compared to the other uh countries in the world and that's why we have such pressure on our healthcare system because yeah. we're doing um a lot with with not much help from from the government because of our taxes are actually like Lower like and like what our taxes are our taxes are not <laughs> but they're actually quite low compared to other countries so really yeah. i'm, ge I'm the getting tax, deducted like 25 percent every what's year the tax? at least 25 at least because i'm a truck driver i make well i make more than it's a, average it's right? a graduated 
it's a it's a graduated tax system so the more money you make the more um, yeah, taxes you exactly it's so like, similar to australia but what's the minimum because the minimum here is about 19 percent for amounts over eighteen thousand dollars a year ours is 12 percent oh see our tax is a little higher then yeah and then it goes up to about <laughs> like it, 32 and a half and then to 37 of over about over ninety thousand dollars goes up to about 37. the canadian tax levels are actually among the lowest in the oecd country so i think australia is also oecd country so yeah. so surprise surprise M, we're actually one of the lower tax wow countries. yeah and, and like I was just <laughs> telling M earlier, like my tax not, is huge. But it's, not like the, it's not like the Philippines. Like when you when you're paying your taxes, your child can go to school for free. You have roads. Yeah. But in the Philippines, uh-huh. what are we? They're, they're, you're paying taxes, but it doesn't amount to like it, an actual no, it's, service. It's for the campaign next year. Yes, <laughs> yes, for the political campaigns. Yeah, that's how it is. Well, good thing we have someone who's <laughs> working out there right now who's actually doing job, right? Who me? And, well, what you're one of them, but in the Philippines, I was saying this this oh. president that we have right now is actually, I don't know, maybe a second Marcos, because you did uh, a lot. This yeah. so it's so mixed that it's it, the view of him is so mixed. Yeah, it's and so there's, mixed. So many people, there's a lot of yeah. haters. There's a lot. There is there is a lot. I mean, you would lose friends talking about politics <laughs> in the Philippines, honestly. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah for oh, sure. Really? Man. People will I fight for about, always, whatever they believe. Yeah, I always talk about politics and like I mean, I grew up with it, so it's I I actually have friends from like completely different political spectrums and I respect them. I don't think, oh, just because you believe in a certain thing, I yeah. can't talk to you. That's fine. See, that's how normal individuals <laughs> would talk about politics. Yeah. But if you're in the Philippines, you if you believe in one thing, you're labeled as one thing. And if you believe as another, you're labeled as that. And it's sort <laughs> of a divide. Like, yeah. literally, it's a divide. The people can't people can't respect each other's there's you know what you know what it's either you for this or you for that there's not a lot of people who has uh like uh you know like open open minded like if you're duterte you're duterte if you're anti yeah if you're like if you're delawan you're delawan apparently like there's no there's no in between i like duterte but there there's uh there's there's something he's doing that i don't like for sure, oh, of but course. but As the you thing, would. you know what pisses me off when I open Facebook? Those students who's getting, oh, you know, like get getting me started on those, dude, dude. Oh my god, hear this me is, out, hear me the, out. Those hear are me meant out. to be the future of our country, like yeah. legitimately. This this students are getting, you know, like a scholarship from the government itself, and they are the one who's doing the rally within the pandemic you know like uh lockdown and they're on yeah. the streets doing whatever they want to do because they hate the no president. masks no social distancing no nothing. nothing oh man like and imagine like doctors and nurses are dying for these people <laughs> they're dying they're literally there's like 40 deaths of healthcare workers in the philippines mm-hmm. and mo- in those 40 deaths i think six are doctors and the rest are nurses and they're screaming on the street, Aus Duterte. And they're screaming on the street, Aus Duterte. Dude, stay home. Like, stay home. Or at least 
you do so if you want if you want to voice out your concerns do it in a in, in a responsible manner uh-huh. that you're not because they they're literally going to car car to car like you, about this much away from mm-hmm. other people's faces with no masks no gloves no san <laughs> like it's not sanitary like one it's not sanitary and two you just you're just being a burden to the healthcare no like honestly you're just spreading you're just spreading it anyways we're almost out of time i don't want to go <laughs> like more than what i had last week yeah. Uh, Miss Malaya, well, we thank you for uh, like reaching out, by the way, because uh, I think you got referred by, uh, I, I forgot who referred you. Oh, my God. You uh, said Haley? Yes. And this uh, Haley has a friend who was interviewed last week and they said you're so interested in talking live on our podcast. And we are very grateful for that because there's this a lot of podcast, too. So you said what's it was that? your second you this is my this second podcast. Second, this is also my second podcast. Really? <laughs> then, uh, then we get an electronic high five. <laughs> I yeah. still can't see your face. I don't even know what you look like. Like if I saw you. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll send you my uh, best selfie later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're almost uh, out of hours. Uh, try to keep it under an hour and a half. Uh, there's a lot of information uh, that you gave us, and we are very thankful for yeah. that. I hope people. I'll, send, I'll, I'll also send you those links that without the link about the hotel daycare and the daycare and the daycare and yeah. also the um the the job keeper the job mm-hmm. keeper allowance that we have here. I'll send you. It's actually on the Australian Treasury site, so I'll send mm-hmm. the links to M. So you you yeah. will be able email to me and I'll much. do a CC yep. on the email so we can. Uh, g- I think what's going to be really interesting is post pandemic what kind of structures we're going to have, what kind of new economic policies and things that we're going to have to support people and and to get the economy going again. It's gonna yep. it's gonna be on a scale similar to what happened after the war the world wars in my yeah. opinion to kind of get this going again and i'd hope that we can kind of do it in a responsible way too like mm-hmm. like so so that it's um you know taking a look at what our what our um economies like but also like trying to do a green economy like we're gonna have a chance because the government is gonna have to spend a lot of money no matter what so yep. wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if they chose to do it in a way that was like um responsible for, yep. for more money for, for our healthcare for, workers and essential and, workers <laughs> exactly. and, also for, and also for climate change yep. yeah like if, 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 even if we don't like speaking, it it's coming speaking of which have you seen how clear everywhere like the skies are after like after this even after everyone's been on lockdown two weeks bro yeah, two weeks you'll see the difference two weeks of lockdown Manila, the fog in Manila, like the like the smog on the yeah, in yeah, Manila, yeah. Like Metro Manila is gone. You can see the Bataan cross from like across Manila Bay. Yeah, People are actually taking us. photos of it. Wow. Melbourne itself, like the the, the skylines is clear. It is nuts how two weeks, two weeks only. And I think every year we should have air, um, an air quality. Is I think every year nice. we should have uh, like a monthly lockdown, you know? 
I'll, I'll, I'm so down for the monkey <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean I have I have kids I have a three year old and a five year old and I've just been spending so much time with them right because we're here at mm-hmm. home yep. and it's so important to be able to do that and I've I've, yep. I've realized I, I used to work seven days a week as a politician yep. right I work seven days a week like yeah. I'm out of the house yes. seven days a week and sometimes like on you the don't have a day off you're a politician. Yeah, and on the, week, yeah. and on the My weekdays, family has spent so much more time together now in these past two weeks than we have been in like in forever. Yeah. Especially that's the kind of work that we do. Because like, I live in a house full of nurses. So it's literally, we've we've spent so much time together like in this time. So what kind mm-hmm. of nursing do you do, Frederick? Pardon? What kind of nursing do you do? So I usually work in respiratory, stroke, and surgical. Okay. So, respiratory. So, at the mo- yeah. So, respiratory is my is what is my bread and butter. So, this is this whole pandemic thing is what's. Uh, so, this is why I have so many opinions about what people do, especially in this pandemic, and what people are doing, because I work in a respiratory ward. So, I deal with all these um respiratory illness all the time all these droplets the people the be oh one of my things like i was telling em last week is with the people that are wearing gloves outside yes gloves don't the people that are wearing gloves outside are spreading it more rather than you know containing it because if they touch one thing because what happens with covid is it can stay up it can stay onto it can stay onto surfaces for more than three hours so if someone say touches with their gloves and then went and touched another thing. Instead of just washing their hands, they're spreading it everywhere. Because then they can it can stay in your gloves for three hours. If you go outside of a if you go outside and touch anywhere, something else, anywhere. you have now infected that as well. You've infected your you've infected your car. And then if those people I think I've heard that the traffic enforcers in Canada are actually wearing gloves and they're not changing it. And they're checking people's um IDs. IDs. Yeah. And yeah. if they touch an ID, they've literally just spread that to that other person. And then that other person is then going to spread it. It's, it's Listen to me. I, I texted you earlier. I'm going to go to a market uh, to uh, do groceries, right? Mm. The lady who's doing uh, the the cashiering, mm. she has a gloves. Wear gloves. And they're and not changing that it. that gloves w- wasn't changed for three so, Apart from like social distancing i really believe that people need to be educated better on what and how to like how to with their with their hygiene and why what not to what not to use and what to use Mm -hmm. i think the reason why people like that cashier are using that is because there's not enough um they don't have supply for sure no it's because they don't have any hand sanitizer Oh. Even like yeah, but then I think hand sanitizer you, you is still... cheaper than a box of gloves. No, but it's there not are, even there, that. It's more so. Buy. Even oh, if there's nothing even, to buy. Yes. Yeah, but even then, even if you're using those gloves, you're instead of just uh, it's instead of just using the gloves, you can wash your hands, or they can they can use like wet wipes to wash their hands or something like that because if, if you do that like what if, what if you're serving an elderly person you've just served someone with your same with glove COVID. and say <laughs> knock on wood that that person had covid you've just yeah. infected that vulnerable person yeah exactly. that's another thing this long long-term care home situation is just atrocious we really have to do so much better 
for like yep. the long term care just need to be going educated forward. More, honestly. Well, that's why what you're doing, M, is important. Having a podcast so that mm-hmm. uh, you're trying to spread some like accurate information this way. Yes, because so a lot <laughs> I know a lot of people doesn't have this information that we tackled right uh, earlier. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who doesn't know what to do. Yeah, well, we're it's still changing too. So, like even with mm-hmm. the CERB, the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit, like the rules on that have changed already twice in the last uh, three weeks and it's going to change again. So it's important to kind of stay in touch. And when you need to, you know, get some clarifications, don't be afraid to reach out to our office and to yeah. your MFA's office. Like, I will that, be bugging you. Yeah, because if you have questions <laughs> or if people are uh, have concerns like that, then that's, you know, that's what we're here for. Like our office is open in terms of, you know, the phone calls and the emails and everything like that. We will get back to you if we don't answer the phone. So um, we will do our best uh, to, to make sure that you get accurate information. And also if we could advocate for your current situation, we will do that too. Yeah, we want accurate information here because I did just this morning, my friend is texting me like, because when they go to work, they do carpool. And uh, my friend is telling me and calling uh, 311 earlier and he's asking like, uh, if we do, uh, I heard someone who got pulled over and got ticketed for $485 because they're carpooling and they're not practicing social distancing. And I was like, I think that's inaccurate because I know there is a bill that came out, but I don't think it's for, you know, like carpooling, especially if you're from the same house. If uh, you're from the same, I think yeah. if you're from the same house, it should. Yeah. It yeah. Because be, they're, because they're, they're uh, uh, his fiance is uh, from it's from the same house but they don't have uh, same last name because they're not married yet and they said if the police officer look at your uh, license and you're both in a car with different last names you can get ticketed because you're not no. from I was like, no, that's not true. Uh, you, you better, yeah, you better listen to our podcast yeah. tonight and get some real. No, that that should be some like even if it does happen, like you couldn't explain that you like because some first of all they should have the same address on their licenses. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. they should. Even if you had like, I mean, I have a different last name than my husband. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, you should be able. You should be able to explain that you guys are from the same household, though. So that should be all right. Yeah, that's why I told him, "Hey, this is the bill." I I I screen capture it and send it to him. Like it's for individual who's not practicing social distancing, on public, not in a car, but yeah. on a public. Like in in the car situation, like even on public transit and even on taxis, there isn't. There's no way you can have like six feet apart in there unless you go into the trunk. Right now, there is no (laughs) law that says you need to have six feet of social distancing in in like that kind of transportation situation. Mm -hmm. It just says reasonable, reasonable distancing. And currently, like the the bus drivers, the Winnipeg Transit or Amalgamated Transit Union, they're trying to fight that so that they can Mm -hmm. practice social distancing on there and limiting the number of passengers because some of them still have like super super full rides yes. like so that's not really good so they're asking for uh increased um buses on the very, very busy routes to be able to deploy buses on the super busy routes so that they mm-hmm. can try to have more 
um, social distancing on the buses because right now there isn't a law on that. It just says reasonable no. distancing. So for mm. your friend that needs to use a car, I don't, unless there's like, you know, a lot of them in there and they're just like partying, they're not going to work. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, unless they're like, Which unless I don't they think like so. live at separate houses, they can't really. If they, yeah. if they live at separate houses, then that's a no-go. But if they live yeah. in the same house and they're all going to the same place to work, shouldn't be yeah. anyways well we we thank you again miss malaya so for a Why lot does everybody of information that, miss malaya <laughs> well, how, how, how do you want us to call you then I, know, I call you M. I call him frederick why can't you call me my name it's just being me you know i'm giving <laughs> you my respect well, I don't know. I was nobody before I became an MLA. I'll be nobody after I stop being an MLA. While I'm here doing this job right now, the only reason why, you know, people call for meetings with me, like when I ask for a meeting, people will have a meeting with me. Mm -hmm. That's my probably like my biggest superpower. That's my only superpower. If I call a meeting, people will come. People will mm -hmm. come. And, and that's because not not because of anything that I'm special, but it's because I represent 22,000 people. And so when I ask for a meeting, it's I'm like a shortcut because when I when I am speaking to when I'm speaking to you, it's because I'm asked, I'm representing the voices of those people. That's my whole job yeah. is to make sure their voices are heard there in that chamber in that legislature. When they have concerns, they can let me know, and I will speak for them on their behalf. Well, thank you. Any messages for everybody who's watching and who's gonna hear this from uh, the podcast? Well, it's just, uh, you know, let's, it's not an easy time right now for a lot of folks. And uh, we just need to follow the rules <clears throat> for everybody's safety. And uh, we'll get through this together. But we need to also be thinking of all those people um, that are out there working, mm -hmm. that are out there that are vulnerable, that don't have the same kinds of supports that regular folks have. And uh, we got to think about how we're going to be shaping our world after this, okay? Because what what's happening so far wasn't good enough. Yeah, it's we not. Need to, we need to we need to do better mm -hmm. as a society. We need to have better priorities and uh, take care of each other in a better way and be more prepared for next time. Because what what's happening in New York? What happened to Italy? What happened in what's happening in even these developing countries like the Philippines? It's not good enough. We need to no. do better. No. How about you, Frederick? Do you have anything to say? Especially gloves to everybody. <laughs> Frederick's Honestly, like, gloves, guys, gloves. Don't use gloves unless <laughs> you're going to change gloves, it every it. two minutes. No, but honestly, for me, it's just follow the what the government guidelines are at the moment. Because um, these are based on the WHO guidelines. This is designed to keep us safe. I mean, it's been, it's, it's working so well, like the guidelines are working that there hasn't been in the past 24 hours, no new countries and no new, no new cases have been, um, I cause I sent it, I sent the link earlier to M and it said that the no new countries have announced that they have, um, that they have cases of coronavirus. So mm -hmm. it's slowing down. Just keep yes. following, keep practicing um, social distancing, and hopefully in the next couple of months, we can all try to go back to what we were before. Yeah, let's pray for that, and uh, thank you again for your time. Okay, I'm not going to call you Miss again. 
Malaya and Frederick. <laughs> Appreciate that. Again, uh, by the way, <laughs> by the way, shout out to uh, Ave Maria Chamber of uh, Singers. Yeah, they sent us, guys. They sent those... us a video for uh, as, as, as a tribute to our uh, workers, essential workers, uh, frontliners, <laughs> and the one who got infected. Again, everybody yeah. have a good night and keep safe. Well, it's not working. Have a good night. Thank you again, Malaya and Frederick. Sorry, I didn't Thank get you, to Kuya. the one Thanks, you sent Malaya. me, but so how appreciate you guys know, it. How do you guys know each other? Facebook. Oh, through fa- um through uh through gaming really, because uh, we have a we have uh, friends that uh, we that we game with, so we met through there. And um, when it 